We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns, here with co-host Andrew Spade. We are going through, uh, I think, an important topic, which is looking at the uh, potential veteran cuts in um, the NFL world. We we spoke yesterday, uh, did a show on YouTube and uh, Twitch that covered a little bit of uh, the franchise tag. Well, pretty much every player that could potentially be franchise tag. That window opens up in a couple hours from when we're recording this, so we don't have any update on that but if you're interested curious about the names that are across the league going to be out there in um you know the franchise tag realm check that out there's like 11 of them i think is what it came out to so not a ton we spoke a little bit on the franchise tag and why it's even a thing and uh, andrew uh found some relevant tweets about this was it andrew brandt that uh put that yep. out there used to be the cap guy for the packers yeah, just kind of like why if you want to do you want to kind of rehash that cuz I think it's interesting the way he framed it and kind of covered a little more of the history than we did last night. Right. Yeah, he he got in and I think it's such a good reminder that it's from 1993. Yeah. Uh and his point was essentially no other sports league has that this feature right where you can designate your your best player, your best free agent. And in some cases, I think some of these teams you think about like Brian Burns with the Panthers, he, you could make the argument he is actually their best player. Yep. And they can keep him off of the market. And the important thing that maybe I didn't say clearly enough last night that Andrew really gets to today is that because the franchise tag is in your back pocket, you're not negotiating against 31 other teams. You're only negotiating with yourselves. And so that forces players routinely to take below market or at market deals when if they were a free agent, they would reset the market because they would continue pushing the envelope further setting records. And so that's the, you know, that's the important thing to remember. And so then because it affects the top players, that also affects all players at that position because the top of the market staying lower means that the middle tier players get less as well. So it really has put a break on runaway salaries. And it also is, I think, anti-competitive in the sense that as I said last night, it punishes teams or uh, protects teams that would otherwise be punished 
for mismanaging negotiations with their best players. Yeah, and I think also noted that this was originally established to keep quarterbacks with their original team. Yes. It has evolved into, like you mentioned there, a bullying tactic to keep salaries down and the best players from hitting the market. It's, It's something I hope that they find a way to get rid of. It would be nice to see that change for a sport that has such a short shelf life that that these guys deserve more money while they're while they're selling themselves you know their body out right a lot of players are lucky to get to their second contract and so if they get to that second contract they deserve for that second contract to be negotiated on the on the free market right on okay so let's do this we're going to kind of quickly go through every team um and just mention players now a, a reminder on this these are guys that have some sort of uh, uh, savings for their organization if they're cut. This definitely is not a guaranteed list. This is also uh, you know, a reminder that these guys can be restructured. So like I said, these names we're throwing out are just names that have a decent likelihood of happening, some of which have already happened. All right, so the first list is um, basically your, pre, your pre-June 1 cuts that can happen possibly. Your second list that we're going to go through is the ones that benefit from the designation of post-June 1. You get two of those in a season. So, you know, the Browns have been very active in this over the years. Think think Austin Hooper, John Johnson. And a reminder, you can designate those, even though you do something like this in maybe February or early March, you can designate them as a post-June 1 uh, cut, right? So, all right, let's fly through this. Bengals have four names on the list, and we'll just say who we're interested in from each team. How's that sound? Joe Mixon, B.J. Hill, Ted Karras, the, the center, and Mike Hilton. I would probably be interested hey, in Mike Hilton. Mike Hilton, come right? on down. Yeah. I, I I would if I were the Bengals, I would love to try to find a way to keep him, but if he is a free agent, we would be very interested uh, in that player. And All we right? talked we talked last night about they're in a little bit of a cap situation because they have a bunch of players becoming free agents. Mm-hmm. And then this list of guys, plus you know, the T. Higgins, Jamar Chase extensions need to get done. So if they're trying to do that. It's it's like a six and a half million dollar savings for them versus only a million dollars of dead cap for Mike Hilton. That's I mean, BJ Hill would be a conversation if he was affordable, but I think Mike Hilton to me I think the combination of him and like Cam Mitchell one teaching the other, it's a it's a culture one too, right? Because Mike Hilton has yeah. been with the Steelers and the Bengals. He has been on in winning organizations. I think that would be and, you know, obviously everybody knows how much we talk about Mike Hilton on this show. Yeah. Yeah. We, we kind of baseline our slot corner stuff off what Mike Hilton has done. I think there's a pretty good, uh, you know, sort of uh, just like a, like a template there that he's, he's developed. It's impressive. So yeah, that's, that's definitely one uh, that, that we would be interested in if they, if they decide to let Hilton go. All right. Uh, Deontay Hardy. So we're talking bills now, Deontay Hardy, Teron Johnson, um, Jordan Poyer blast from the past. Naheem Hines and then Mitch Morse, um, their center. I don't, I mean, maybe Teron Johnson, uh, you know, he's like a 12 million cap number. They'd save 7 million, but you know, I don't think Jordan Poyer has <laughs> any interest in coming back this direction, but we don't need that position. But if the Browns did move Greg Newsome, Teron Johnson would be of interest, but I'm not sure how serious they'd be about moving. Any other names stand out to you there? Nope. Okay. Broncos, Jarrett Stidham, Samaje Pirine. Wide receiver Tim Patrick um, looks like Justin Simmons. The safety is a chunky number, even though he's a more important uh, part of their defense. And then Garrett Bowles, their tackle, has a $20 million number. I smell some restructures in that group, but 
you know, if like Garrett Bowles actually got to the market, that would be an interesting one. There was some trade buzz around him when, when they were kind of going through that ugly first half of the season. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's the type of player that you could see hit the market a little bit later in the free agency cycle, depending on how these negotiations go for the team and what the Broncos want to do. And if he did become available, that would be, uh, you know, the, the problem with the, the Browns have right now is that they actually have too many tackles. But if a player like that was available and was willing to take a little bit less, I think he's probably still a starting tackle, but mm-hmm. you, you'd be looking at a player that would be willing to be sort of a swing tackle that that could, if you moved on from Wills, the tackle situation is so complicated with the Browns right now. I don't even like talking about it because I feel like you have to say if about four different things because it's all yeah. very conditional. Uh, the Browns, the only name is Nick Chubb, and it hurts to say. We'll see what happens. I don't think it's going to be a cut. Smells like a restructure, but that's the only name. So um, Matt Prater, Will Hernandez, and Buda Baker for the Cardinals. I think Baker is the name that probably catches the most NFL buzz. I can't see them letting him go from that defense. Probably a restructure guy. They have a lot of money to play with there, but that's the big name. And Andrew, you stop me when you have someone you want to talk about. Chargers, Morgan Fox, Eric Kendricks, Mike Williams, Khalil Mack, and Keenan Allen. Those are some big names, right? You're saving upwards of like $70 million between Mike Williams, Khalil Mack, and Keenan Allen. And I think that there's a belief that Mike Williams is a for sure let go. Would you be interested in Mike Williams uh, if he hits the market? I forgot that he played at Clemson with Deshaun Watson. He, he did. So I like... A slew I've always... of like amazing wide receivers going through Clemson. Yes. They had and run. I've always loved that uh, locker room. I think the guys that run uh, established the run, that fantasy podcast, call it the shower narrative, right? Where guys that played together previously or in the preseason or whatever have chemistry. I, I buy into that a little bit. So I think, I do think, you know, there's been a little bit of talk today about Mike Evans and his availability because of what the Buccaneers are going through there and needing to potentially sign Mayfield. A player like that, this is why we talked about DeAndre Hopkins so much last offseason, a, a player with a large catch radius that is a, a physical at the catch point. I mean, Evans is the premier example. He's better than Hopkins or certainly Mike Williams, but Williams mm-hmm. would be like the the discount version of those guys, right? But I, I do like that, that sort of a player to kind of give Watson another reliable target that he can go to as much as he wants to go to Cooper. Right on. I like that too. And I think people probably think Mike Williams a lot older than Deshaun and don't make that connection. So good. Nice job bringing that around. Uh, Justin Reed and Marquez Valdez Scantling from the Chiefs. A lot of safety possibilities here. So the Browns are in a position. They're pretty good with their safety structure, but seems like a lot of those names. Justin Reed's a good player. He would, you know, be a guy that I think a lot of people would be interested in if he hits the market. From the Colts, EJ Speed, Mo Alley Cox, the tight end, Ryan Kelly, the center. And then, hey, DeForest Buckner. I think I'd be interested if DeForest Buckner hits free agency. I'll just I'll just say it. they save about $20 million by letting him go. Another team where it's like, why would you do that, considering you're trying to compete right away? But if Buckner hits the market, I'd be interested, like we were sort of on the trade market a while back, you know? Definitely, definitely. And it's always – one of the reasons it's good to go through this before we get to free agency is it's a reminder that – when you look at these lists of free agents, it doesn't include the players we're naming now. And these players would then affect the price range of the players that are available, right? If Buckner comes in, that moves everybody down, everybody that's below him. He's probably slots in behind Chris Jones, Matt Abike, Christian Wilkins, right? Just below those yeah. guys. 
it slides everybody else below that down. And so maybe one of those players also becomes more affordable. I think Buckner would rightfully still command quite a hefty number, but yeah. I mean, certainly you'd have to think the Browns would be calling. He put, put together another good year last year. So mm-hmm. yeah, they, they should be if they get the opportunity. All right. Commanders, Logan Thomas, Cowboys, Leighton Vander Esch, Mike White with the Dolphins, and then, hey, David Long. I was wrong about that. I said he got a one-year deal. He got a two-year deal, but it was cheaper, significantly cheaper than people thought. So I was wrong about that. So he is on the list, too. Uh, Falcons, um, Jonu Smith, Taylor Heineke, and Lorenzo Carter, the edge. My uh, Mark Lewinsky, which is a guard for the Giants. Uh, Darius Slayton. Right, a little speedy wide receiver. I don't know. Are you interested I, in that one? Slayton is is uh, you know I think is a whatever. I just wanted to kind of mention yeah uh, between Mo Ali Cox, Logan Thomas, Johnu Smith, a lot of veteran tight ends. I, I think what they decide to do with Harrison Bryant and then also with Jordan Akins because I I have to believe they're disappointed with what Jordan Akins gave them. Yeah. I I think if he if they liked him more he would have gotten used more i think the kind it's kind of the proof is in the pudding there a little bit so i i don't know i'm kind of working from the assumption that they're going to add two tight ends one in the draft and one through free agency so those are some names i'm keeping track of darius slayton kind of a deep ball merchant but would you rather give him snaps than cedric tillman that feels like you'd, you'd rather give tillman at least one more year right yeah i would too I would too. We had to pay Slayton a little bit of money to get him and all that as well. Uh, Jags are going to let go potentially here. Uh, Darius Williams at corner, um, a very hefty price on Cam Robinson at tackle. The Lions, John Kaminsky, uh, and then which was one that would be interesting if they did move on from Kaminsky, and then David Bakhtiari with the Packers, who is a uh, you know he's been a franchise face for a long time. $40 million cap number this year, though. Saving $20 million by letting him go. Not really. The dead money kind of cancels it out. So Yeah, I, I don't know. A lot of injuries, though. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Between the health stuff and then the contract, his contract is ugly. I don't know what the Packers do there. I, I think they're probably wishing he would retire to save them this problem because I they're yeah. in a tough spot there. Like you said, they can release him, but they're only going to save a few million dollars because the, the dead money is so significant. So it's it's a mess there. Patriots, Jonathan Jones at corner, Adrian Phillips, who I believe they already let go of Adrian Phillips. Dietrich Wise is a, a nice sort of like hybrid edge interior player. David Andrews, Devon Gadcho, and then um, J.C. Jackson. Could be interested in like Dietrich Wise, possibly. but Yeah, they also released Lawrence Guy. Uh, this week that's so that's right yeah uh, i thought i feel like wise is uh is cheap enough that they should be trying yeah, to restructure him though yeah yeah uh raiders marcus epps jerry tillery and then robert spillane uh rams coleman shelton which is totally not a made-up person that's an actual player coleman shelton right center uh the ravens you want to get a little spicy steal from your division so you got patrick mccarry patrick ricard Take away their ace in the, you know, if they if they moved on from him, you could take that uh, f- a functional six offensive lineman that Kevin clearly <laughs> loves to use, and then Tyus Bowser. But I don't see Ricard leaving there. They they love him too much. He does too much. They got to, there's probably a path that they figure that out, right? Yeah, I don't think probably any of those players end up going anywhere. Maybe Tyus Bowser. I, he's the one that has shown the least. But I think they like those other guys too much. Makari is so valuable to them, yeah. playing all sorts of different positions. That's the sort of Swiss Army knife backup 
offensive lineman that the Browns could desperately need, right? Whether he's kind of the sixth offensive lineman, and if you have an injury at four of the five spots, he's the guy that you know you're bringing in. Seahawks have a really big number on Quandre Diggs, the safety at $21 million. So that's one to really watch. Jaron Reed is a nice interior defensive tackle for them, but you know he's obviously not making that much, only $6 million. Will Disley, another tight end to note, uh, a guy that could be let go at a $10 million cap number, and then uh, Brian uh, Main, there, who is a defensive tackle for them as well. The Steelers have already gotten active. They let go of uh, Chuck's a core for, uh, I think they let go of, did they let go of James Daniels? I can't remember. They let go of three people. Well, I'll, I'll look it up quick. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that they, I know a core four was one of them. I think obviously Trubisky was one of them too, right? I don't know if they, they his contract just expired or they, they the let punter, him go. The punter, Harvin was the other one. That's right. Okay. So the names on this, Landon Roberts, uh, a really nice thumping linebacker. Uh, but it was hurt a lot late last year. Mason Cole, the, the center, Patrick Peterson, James Daniels, uh, Allen Robinson, and Deontay Johnson. I would have to imagine at that $11 million number, Allen Robinson is done. Like there's no, there's nothing there. I can't see that. Deontay Johnson's probably a restructure. And then maybe James Daniels is too. Those guys are at like 11 million. Deontay's at 15, eight. So that gets spicy, but there you go. There's Pittsburgh situation. Jimmy Ward, uh, the safety, and then uh, Robert Woods with the Texans. Could see either of those guys moved on from. And then Harrison Phillips, a nice interior player for the Vikings at 8.8, is another name to watch. I was just looking up Allen Robinson's career numbers because I was thinking about his career and how weird it has been, right? Like, mm-hmm. he was so good young with the Jaguars. So good. He had and he was eight- held hostage by the Bears? Or who was he held hostage by? Like someone kept franchise tagging him. I feel like it was the Bears, his second stop. It was. You're right. You're right. Yes, it was. Yep. And and so that that franchise tag year, he was terrible. So he had 102 catches with the Bears in 2020. 102 catches. Yep. He had not 98 and 19, and 102 in 2020. He was so good. And then that franchise tag year, he caught 38 balls for 410 yards. Then he was with the Rams for a forgettable year, 33 catches for 339. And then one year in Pittsburgh, 34 for 280. I was trying to think like other players recently that have been so good, one of the better wide receivers in the league. And then the next year, they're truly not like a starting level player. And that's, that's been his career path. He was a number one receiver and then they franchise tagged him. He didn't like it. And he has put, put in, like wide receiver four or five type performances three years in a row. It's wild. It is wild, and it's an example of the franchise tag it's crushing somebody's ability to mar- like capitalize on their market, right? Yeah, because if he hits free agency that year in 2021, it would maybe have been a little bit down because I think that was the year after COVID, so things were a little damp, dampened by that in terms of what contracts. But yeah, you're totally right. That was his year to cash in, and he didn't get it, and he won't now. I mean, it's, you know, that's... No. Three straight years like that, he'll he'll be lucky to get like what three million, two million dollars yeah, on the open market I'm, at this point. I, he's going to be fighting for <laughs> the ability to play somewhere. I mean, I, I would imagine he's like a, a training camp watch type, right? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals, and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hype for all the fun you've had. So why would you go game time? They have flash deals, last minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money, right? It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats, like I said, before you buy them. You buy tickets in a matter of seconds, and they're sent directly to your phone. All right, so you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that GameTime app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets. Create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com, it is GameTime.co, but I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, let's do post-June 1, so these are different names when uh, the designation shifts a little bit. Uh, 49ers, Jake Brendel at center. Demarcus Walker, who's a really nice player for the Bears, be interested. I'm talking about a Darius Smith type, mm-hmm. bigger edge, a little cheaper, a little cheaper, right? Uh, his is like eight million, eight point six million if it's designated. Sam Hubbard, Alex Kappa, Jermaine Pratt, and Nick Scott for the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, like I, I don't totally see them letting any of those guys go. They're pretty core to what they do. Uh, but I guess Sam Hubbard could if they feel like their first round pick last year, Miles Murphy, is yeah taking some serious strides but uh, more and more really clearly shaping up to be a a, a definitive offseason for the Bengals right because really they got lucky with some free agent signings where they all kind of overperformed their number a few years ago obviously they hit on Burrow and Chase and things are all very rosy yep they were not a good team this past year beyond just the Joe Burrow injury right yeah and so now, but if you look at, they've got like six free agents, they've got five guys on the first list, five guys on this list. They have to really restructure who they are as a team. And if they get it wrong, that defense was bad last year. If they can't figure out a way back to just mediocrity there, it could be a really interesting situation in Cincinnati. Yeah, very, very much a defining of the uh, era here, see, offseason for them. That's well said. D- uh, Bills, Deion Dawkins, Connor McGovern, and Ryan Bates up front. Big decisions to be made there. And then potentially Stephon Diggs, $19 million. If he's cut post-June 1st, you save, right? So 
you know, uh, cut savings is, is pretty significant there. I'm sure they're going to be interested in trading him if they can. We'll see. Maybe they restructure it and figure something out. They don't have, I mean, with Gabe Davis out of the equation, it's not like they're rolling in wide receiver talent here. So maybe they make it work, but that's just a, a very important large name to pay attention to. And then let's, let's get, there's three straight names here. Stefan Diggs, Cortland Sutton, whose number is 13 million saved. And then Amari Cooper from the Brown situation, which is 20 million saved a post June one cut. So there you go. I don't think uh, any of us are saying Amari Cooper's leaving. They'll probably figure that out. Is Cortland Sutton somebody that Sean Payton loves inherited him, right? Uh, I think the Diggs and Sutton ones are interesting. I would be very in favor of the Browns uh, renegotiating a little bit of an extension for Cooper. Yeah, me too. I, I know that his there's injury stuff that, that pops up, but he also played through some injuries this year. Yeah. And I think he's shown that he has a ton of toughness. I think he's shown that he has the the guile and the – I mean, what he did to the Texans, that wasn't just about running past guys. That was about putting guys in really difficult positions to defend him. I think that those skills will age well with him as a player. I would be comfortable having him on the roster for two or three more years. Me too. And so I think if you extend some further guarantees – lower this year's cap number, which allows you to be a little more aggressive in finding somebody to go along with him. I think it's very clear that there's going to be opportunities for another 1A, 1B situation type receiver here. We've already mentioned other names. You you just mentioned Diggs. I I think that if part of the way they get there is by committing to Cooper a little bit further, and I, I would really prefer that they do that. I don't think it makes any sense for him to be hitting free agency next year. I also think that he's got like um, he turns thirty in June. He's got a Keenan Allen like like early thirties run in him. I That's just, what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I, he, I'm not scared of having him till like age thirty three. Yeah, that's that. Uh, Keenan Allen's thirty four and was still really good this last year. Exactly. So those exactly. route technician types can always find separation. Um, okay, Wyatt Teller's also on the list, but I, I think most of us feel like the savings aren't going to be that much to really garner moving on from a position of strength there. I think that the, the situation there is the trade situation. If yep. they wanted to reshape the offensive line and the money they're spending, but, but I think they could get a real asset for him considering how good he was and how relatively friendly his contract is going to be around unless you, like you said, a trade comes, that's uh, just something you can't deny on the Buccaneers, Russell Gage, who is uh not turned into what I thought he would be. He's dealt with some injuries. Carlton Davis and Anthony Nelson and Edge. Cardinals DJ Humphreys has a $22 million number. That's pretty chunky. Jalen Thompson, uh, a safety for them. Chargers trying to save every penny they can just to get back into the black. Corey Lindsley, a center for them at $14 million. I think but, he's just going to retire. Yeah, it has not been a very good run out there. All right, Matt Gay with the Colts, their kicker. Up and down inconsistent we'll see charles leno from the commanders andrew wiley from the commanders brandon cooks from the cowboys a 10 million dollar number and michael gallup two cowboys wide receivers they can move on from at 13.9 and 10 so those are worth noting and they have to re-sign cd lamb and dak prescott probably both this offseason yep and then the pollard situation is sitting there again this offseason for them so uh, they're in an interesting spot. A lot of Dolphins could be moved on from post-June 1, and I expect some of them too. Emmanuel Ogba's a 17 million cap number, 17.7. Jerome Baker, a 14 million number. Xavier Howard feels like a lock here. He's got a $25 million, 25.9. Their kicker, Jason Sanders, 
Alec Ingold, who's a uh, Pro Bowl fullback for them this year, versatile player at 4.2, and then Durham Smythe, their tight end that they use quite a bit this year as well. So a lot of Dolphins decisions to be made this offseason in a tight cap spot for them, right? So uh, there's your Dolphins. The Eagles, Kevin Byard, who they traded for from the Titans, has a $14.5 million number. Avante Maddox at $10 million, and Hassan Reddick at 21.8. Big number there. Another one to be interested for us, Andrew, if we see like veteran defensive tackle markets, Grady Jarrett, if he is one that is a cap casualty with the Falcons, a 20 million, 20.3 number there. Yeah, it feels to me like going through these two lists, it feels to me almost inevitable that there will be an affordable name defensive tackle for the Browns at some point in this process Mm -hmm. that they can plug in next to Dalvin Tomlinson and have a really nice duo and then pair a, a... draft pick with Siaki Ika as your reserves. So kind of do like a 60-40 split with both of those tackles. I, I think that's definitely a, a path that's very open to the Browns this offseason. Yep. Young Hoku, their kicker as well, but I think they'll keep him around. He's too good. Darren Waller, the Giants. Uh, Darren Waller is kind of maybe a close example to what we uh, were talking about with Allen Robinson. You know, the injuries just mounted up and he's really fallen off. I, I think that's a given move that's going to be made there, $14 million. Uh, The Jags, we talked yesterday about how miserable their cap situation is. Here's the here's the post-June 1 cut options. Brandon Scherf has a $24 million number. Boyesadio Olukun has 21.7. Rayshon Jenkins at 12. Zay Jones at 10. Uh, Fatu Kasi, the, the interior defensive tackle, he is at 12.8. And Christian Kirk at 20. 4.2 something's going to happen with the Jags they have got to move some pieces around Kirk is one that could happen um they they probably should be restrained he's been good for them though they should be yeah. restructuring him but that is a chunky number yeah Kirk would be a fun one for the Browns oh boy sure would he's a nice player that contract though is uh is, whew, spicy the Jets we're gonna go push through these quickly here uh the Jets Lake and Tomlinson uh, John Franklin Myers, both above 16, so 16 and 18. CJ Uzoma, Tyler Conklin, Carl Lawson, and Dwayne Brown. Those are the Jets' potential moves. Tracy Walker, the safety with the Lions. It carries a 12.8 number. The Packers, again, defensive tackles with big numbers, Andrew. Kenny Clark, good player, 27.5 for him. And he did not have a great year. Uh, Devondre Campbell. A linebacker at 14, Preston Smith, who's been a almost uh, Zadarius Smith-like. I think they played together and played really well together for the Packers. 16.5, Eldon Jenkins uh, is a 14.4 number of guard for them. And Jair Alexander, who's had some discontent at times in Green Bay with that weird coin toss situation and some other stuff. He's got a $24 million number uh, this year. So, spicy. uh, Panthers, Dante Jackson at corner. Taylor Morton at tackle for $30 million, and then Austin Corbett, our old friend, $10 million. So uh, there's some options there for the Panthers. Um, Hunter Renfro is a $14 million number for the Raiders. We know Jimmy Garoppolo has already been let go of uh, because of uh, whatever you know supplement he was taking or whatever. Uh, Joe Noteboom from the Rams. A tackle for them at $20 million and Brian Allen a center, so some offensive line decisions to be made. The Saints have a slew of guys, as I think you would expect when you're a team like the Saints who push this stuff up against the 
deadline every year. So James Hunt, a guard, Carl Granderson, an edge for them. Um, Tyre Matthew, uh, once again at 12. Uh, Kalen Saunders at four. Uh, Alvin Kamara at 18.8. Marcus May, a safety that we've liked over the years at 10. Eric McCoy, a center. Jawan Johnson, a tight end at seven. And then Anders Pete is a uh, decent tackle over over time there. He's at 14 million. The Saints have some some ways to create some flexibility. Tyler Lockett with the Seahawks. Jamal Adams. I'm going to talk about a fall off. Jamal Adams, man. That guy. What did he get moved for two first or was it just one first? It was I, two, I believe. Yeah, man. That was a huge trade. And that has just not yeah. been what they hoped it would. Very curious to see what Mike McDonald wants to do with him. Indeed. Indeed, man. So Tyler Lockett's at 26.8. He feels like a, no, no pun intended, a lock to be moved uh moved on from but he could catch on somewhere another 30 plus receiver who's still really effective and then draymond jones is already on this list so we have him at 18.1 they build in a way out of that contract with a post june 1 designation that could save him like 11 million on the cap uh steelers larry Joby, isaac siumalu the the offensive guard and then cole holcomb at linebacker i could see larry being let go of nine million inconsistent in terms of being on the field sheldon rankins for the texans 15 or sorry 5.2 and then two teams left the titans and vikings deandre hopkins with the titans that's probably going to happen amani hooker at nine nice player would be interested andre dillard at tackle is a conclusion not a player 10.6 and then Tannehill, 9.2 they could save and then quickly on the vikings harrison smith veteran safety at 20 million Byron Murphy at corner, Brian O'Neill at tackle, Garrett Bradbury at center, Dean Lowry, uh, offensive lineman, and another veteran, a really good blocking tight end. This, this is a name to remember, Josh Oliver. If they let him go at just north of $6 million, the Browns could be interested. Kirk Cousins, we'll see, 28.5. And then Marcus Davenport, another edge to be interested in at 6.8 if he gets, if he gets to the market. So that's the list, Andrew. Like you said, things to note, interesting veteran tight end options, and then some interesting interior defensive line options we feel pretty good about those yeah mostly just names that are pretty well known because they've all been in the league a long time but players that are on the downside of their career I think that the thing that kept coming up when we were reviewing this is there are lots of players on there that the teams won't cut them because they're still good and then the ones that you would see teams cutting it's largely because it's often not because of the money it's because the player just isn't who they used to be so yeah I think that it's definitely that market, that list we just ran through is like the the epitome of like the April, May, June time frame. A guy becomes available and there's nothing else to talk about. So you, now you spend two days in June talking about Larry Ogunjobi out of nowhere. I just had like a premonition <laughs> of us in like June, on June 10th, doing an entire podcast on Larry Ogunjobi. Yeah, it's um, it's it's definitely possible that there's a slew of these guys that they're interested in and they hold off and they wait and they're patient. I, I continue to think, and I'm sure you do too, that they're not going to be super active with the biggest names and they're going to be sort of picking the veteran piles that are out there to go after. So um, I feel, I feel like though those veteran piles have some, some good answers. So um, we're about to pick up though. News is going to go uh, pretty quickly. Like we said, the, the franchise tag window opens up here in a little bit. That'll run through the rest of the week, and you'll start to hear more and more buzz. And uh, Indy comes uh, late next week, right? Um, we'll, we'll be here before we know it. It's going to move 
pretty quickly it goes into like the middle of next. I think really like the 28th is when it hits the ground running. We actually posted a schedule over at the OBR for the combine. If you want to check that out. And again, those are like those conversations that start to really happen. You know, you start to hear some scoops that come out of Indy, right. From agents talking to the, you know, big insiders and all that stuff. So we'll start to get our first taste of what these agents are planting for where guys could be leaning, which franchises they're willing to join, so on and so forth. The information will be moving quickly. That's what happens at the Combine. As much a social gathering and TV-driven event as it is actual testing for the players. So we're going to wrap this podcast. A lot of good information in it. We wanted to cover franchise tag and we wanted to cover cap casualty types before the stuff starts happening. And I think we did that. Again, thanks to Cleve TA for putting that list together that we referenced that will be linked uh, in the podcast bio. You can find that direct tweet and look at that uh, list yourself. Encourage you to do so. But yeah, man, we're at the starting line of the NFL offseason. It is here. We will be posting in the coming days and through the weekend plenty of 2023 review stuff, so keep your eyes peeled for that. We're going to have a salary cap update with Jack Duff, and we're going to get John Colosimo on at some point throughout the rest of this week so we should have some good shows lined up for you on the browns content side so continue to swing through the obr check out the written content there become a member if you have not already done so we appreciate that and as always rate and review the podcast if you can helps us get found by more and more cleveland browns fans and you guys have been awesome with that all right so listen have a fantastic wednesday appreciate you stopping by making the show a part of your day you be well and go browns Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.